All right, we've got two scripture readings today. One is from the book of Jonah, and then our second one is from the Gospels. Whenever we hear from the Gospels, we stand together. It's a way of recognizing uh, Christ's presence, the living word speaking to us. So as you're able, we'll invite you to stand, and Jim will cue you for that. You don't have to stand yet. You can stand. You don't have to stand. Now that I've made that exceedingly awkward for everyone, let's hear the word of the Lord from Jonah. This first reading is from Jonah 2 and 3. The Lord gave this message to Jonah, son of Amittai. Get up and go to the great city of Nineveh. Announce my judgment against it, because I have seen how wicked its people are. But Jonah got up and went in the opposite direction to get away from the Lord. He went down to the port of Joppa, where he found a ship leaving for Tarshish. But the Lord hurled a powerful wind over the sea causing a violent storm that threatened to break the ship apart. Fearing for their lives, the sailors picked Jonah up and threw him into the raging sea, and the storm stopped at once. Now the Lord had arranged for a great fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was inside the fish for three days and three nights. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from inside the fish. He said, I cried out to the Lord in my great trouble, and he answered me, I called you from the land of the dead, and, O oh Lord, you heard me. You threw me into the ocean depths, and I sank down to the heart of the sea. The mighty waters engulfed me. I was imprisoned in the earth, whose gates locked shut forever. But you, O oh Lord, my God, snatched me from the jaws of death. As my life was slipping away, I remembered the Lord. Then the Lord ordered the fish to spit Jonah out onto the beach. The word of the Lord. And now please stand for a reading of the gospel. This is Mark chapter 1, verses 9 through 11. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven. You were my son, the beloved. With you, I am well pleased. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you, Jim. You threw me into the ocean depths, Jonah says. You threw me into the ocean depths. Uh, this morning, I want to sit with what happens when we find ourselves saying something like that to God. Save me, O God, Psalm 69 has it. The floodwaters have risen to my neck. Deeper and deeper I sink into the mire, and I cannot find a foothold. I am in deep water, and the floods overwhelm me, and I am exhausted about crying for help. My throat is parched. And there are times in our lives where we find ourselves led to the rim of mighty seas, and rushing waters, and endless depths. And it's like we've come to the far edge of the map of our life. You know, I love those old maps where, like, you have all of the land that's known, and then you have the ocean, and at the edges of the maps, you just have sea monsters. But we don't know what's going on out there, but it feels scary, right? And sometimes in life, we find ourselves in the part of the map where the sea monsters live. And there's this wall of water before us. And there's no way we're going to survive the swim. 
And we might kick our legs around, we might thrash our arms for a while, but like, who am I to cross an ocean? And so what do we do in moments like that? Well, we do what people do, religious or not. We cry out to God, right? In our great trouble, I cried out to the Lord. And sometimes in those sorts of moments, surrounded by great waters, it goes like this. Moses raised his hand over the sea, and the Lord opened up a path through the water with a strong east wind, and the wind blew all that night, turning the seabed to dry land, and the people of Israel walked through the middle of the sea on dry ground with walls of water on each side. And there at the water line, we are saved and we are rescued. You split the sea so I could walk right through it. My fears were drowned in perfect love. God, you are my refuge. God is a refuge. Other times it's more complicated though. Sometimes we get to the water's edge and it doesn't work out like that. And today's lectionary passage points us to Jonah And, you know, we've turned Jonah into a children's church story for the most part, which is fine, but I encourage us to uh, really sit with Jonah deeply. It is a fascinating story. The book of Jonah is wise, and it is winsome, and it is worth sitting with. And Jonah hears God calling to him, calling him to, to go, and to his credit, Jonah obeys. Sort of. (laughs) Just like we do, right? He leaves his old life, but he chooses his preferred destination, right? And he he responds to God, but he chooses a place more alluring than the place God actually called him to go to. As Eugene Peterson has it, Jonah uses the command of the Lord to avoid the presence of the Lord. Jonah uses the command of the Lord to avoid the presence of the Lord. He says, I'll go if you ask me to go, God, but not to Nineveh for heaven's sake. Let's go to Tarshish. Right? A much more alluring place than where he was actually called. And so Jonah sets off as if he's in control of his life. <laughs> but he quickly finds out he's not in as much control as he thinks he is, right? And a storm hits and he is sent reeling from his best laid plans. And, and pretty soon it seems clear to the other sailors on the boat with him that God seems out to get this guy. Right? And they're a little afraid that whatever's going on with Jonah might be contagious, so let's get him away from us as quickly as possible. So they pick him up and they hurl him overboard into the ocean depths. You threw me, Jonah says. I sank into the heart of the sea. I sank into the heart of the sea. And so Jonah does what people do in moments like these. You know, out of my great trouble, I cried to the Lord. And sometimes it goes like this. Now the Lord had arranged for a great fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was inside the fish for three days and three nights. And there at the waterline, Jonah was not saved, at least not as far as he could tell. He was not saved, he was swallowed up. And I don't know what to make of the image, right? I don't know how to rightly read this. This is a large fish. I've never seen a fish this big. It must have smelled terrible. It must have been so dark in there. Just totally disgusting. Whatever else the the fish had seemed to swallow up. Jonah must have been nauseous. He's moving through water. He's hardly able to see anything. It's pitch dark. He is breathing, but he's buried alive. 
He's screaming, but does the sound even get out? He is praying, but can God even hear you when you're inside the belly of a fish? And what Jonah prays in that moment of his life is not original. He has no new words. Like when you're in the belly of the whale, you don't got nothing to say, right? Like there's nothing else. But instead what he says is what is memorized, what he has stored for a long time. He begins to say the Psalms. Almost every line of Jonah's prayer comes directly from the Psalms. He had learned it. He had memorized it. He had written it. He had hidden it in his heart for the moments where life swallows a person up whole. And so he prays these words, and and there's actually great faith in his prayer. He's praying it ahead of time. The words he says is like, God, you have saved me. God, you have delivered me. You reached down. You rescued me. But he's still inside the belly of the whale. He hasn't seen any of this happen yet. And so for a while, I wonder if Jonah asked himself, God, where is this refuge I've heard so much about? And for three days and for three nights, Jonah is fish food. He is, by all accounts, dead. And the sailors know for sure he's dead. I mean, they threw him overboard, and he never resurfaced. You don't survive something like that. And yet somehow Jonah is alive. And it turns out that for Jonah in this moment of his life, God's salvation was the belly of a whale. This time God did not split the seas. God allowed a stomach to interfere with Jonah's story, intervene with Jonah's story. And it turns out to be salvation at work in his life. The only thing worse than being in deep waters and getting swallowed up by a sea monster is being thrown into deep waters and not being swallowed up by a sea monster. Right? Because Jonah's sinking. He's going all the way down. He has no ability to rescue himself. And he would have drowned except that the Lord arranged for a fish. That's a great line in scripture. Now the Lord had arranged for a fish. And the fish, it turns out, is the vehicle of God's salvation and transformation in Jonah's life. Which is to say that sometimes when we are up to our necks in rising currents of deep and dark water, God arranges a rescue plan that is exactly not what we would have chosen. Exactly not what we would prefer. And we are completely in the dark about it, and it feels to us like we have been eaten alive. But if you think about it, Jonah was headed for something far worse than the belly of a whale. He was going to drown. And it was the thing that ate him alive that turned out to be his rescue. The thing that ate him alive in his life turned out to be the refuge of God. God is a refuge. And sometimes we are headed all the way down in our lives. Our habits, our cycles, our patterns, our sin is like a weight that is dragging us to the bottom. And the story is going to end up much worse than we realize, except that God in his grace cuts us off at the pass and allows something to eat us alive. And it feels awful. But it actually is the thing that snaps us out of things. It's the thing that gets us swimming again. It's the thing that brings us back toward the land of the living. And so I want to ask this morning, is there something in your life that feels like the belly of a whale? Is there a vessel with no way out that you can see? Are there undesired detours your life has taken? Were you headed to Nineveh and you found yourself swallowed up?
and uh, were you already sinking and now it seems like things have gotten worse? In Jonah, we read that the that sometimes being swallowed up is the terrifying path to transformation. And Jonah says that the whale is actually the way God puts in play to reach us before we get all the way to the bottom. And Jonah says that once we've been in the belly of death and back, there is a surprising shore we get spit up on. There is a safe shore we get spit back on. And so last week we were in house church, but always liturgically the second week of a new calendar year is the week we talk about the baptism of the Lord. We didn't do that since we were in house church last week. Um, But as we end today, I just want to reflect on Jesus' baptism. Because Jesus, God's beloved, is thrown into the mighty depths as well. In his baptism, he is submerged into a muddy abyss And sometimes when you find yourself thrown into the muddy abyss, it goes like this. Teacher, they said, we want a sign from you. And Jesus replied, a wicked generation demands a sign, but none will be given it except the sign of Jonah. For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of a great fish, so the Son of Man will be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. And there at the waterline of his baptism, Jesus, yes, was blessed, but he was also buried. He was buried alive. He was baptized into the belly of the world. He descended into hell, the creeds say. But they also say this, that on the third day he rose again. And so sometimes in the Christian life, we will experience the salvation of God, the sea-splitting, miracle-working provision of God at the moment we needed it the most. Sometimes we are saved. But sometimes we are swallowed up by life. And sometimes we are submerged all the way down into the mysterious death of Christ. But those that die with Christ rise with Christ as well. We find ourselves at the end of the story saying, wherever I go, your love and mercy have followed me. God is a refuge. Even in Hades, Jesus finds a way to say, God is a refuge. God brings us back to the land of the living. And so friends, may God's refuge be near you whether you find yourself today walking on dry ground, if you look around your life and it feels like you are stuck in the fish's mouth, if you find yourself waiting for resurrection, may you find God's refuge near you. Amen. Let's pray together. Lord, I pray that today, wherever we find ourselves, that we would cry out to you. That we would look to you and ask you to be God in our stories. We cannot save ourselves. We cannot split the water and we cannot arrange the fish and we cannot make resurrection happen. But we trust that you are at work in the great depths of our lives and that actually You are working life. And so we surrender and we submit to you. And we ask you to heal and restore and be our refuge and be our rescue. We pray this in Jesus' name.